Welcome to the Legends of Oral Regeneration by the Osteology Foundation. One host, one guest, and a whole bunch of experience and expertise. Meet the people behind the names and get unique insights. On behalf of the Osteology Foundation, I would like to welcome you to this Legends of Oral Regeneration podcast. My name is Pam McLean, and I am a member of the Osteology Foundation Board. It is my honor and privilege to introduce our legend today. Dr. Maurizio, Professor Maurizio Arujo is an honorary member of the Osteology uh, Foundation Board and is a periodontist that has a long history with regeneration, starting with his work on furcations and leading to his pivotal research in extraction socket wound healing and implant management. He was the director of the postgraduate program in periodontology at the State University of Moringa, Brazil, and currently splits his time between teaching, research, and private practice. He has chaired numerous programs, including the 2019 International Osteology Symposium, and has published well over 100 articles, chapters, and other materials. I could go on with more accolades, but I think you all would prefer to listen to my good friend with the best smile, Dr. Maurizio Arujo. Welcome, Maurizio. I'm so happy to be here with you today. Well, thank you very much for the introduction, Pan. It's my pleasure to be here with you. Thank you. Uh, well, Maurizio, please tell us to start off how you ended up where you are today. How did you end up in dentistry? Did you always want to be a dentist or uh, did you think you might take a different path in life? Well, actually, I haven't planned to be a dentist, although my grandfather was a dentist who finished dental school in 1926. Uh, however, and also my big, big brother and my sister, they are dentists as well, but I, I never thought to be a dentist. It came like at the very last minute when I chose dentistry. And uh, I can say that I was uh, very, very lucky because I just happened to love dentistry with all my heart. It's a pleasure every single day. I have to wake up and go to the my, to my office or to the school. It's it's really a pleasure, yeah. So just lucky. So you 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 actually your college education you never had a different path. You were always headed kind of towards that goal of dentistry. Not not really. Yeah. Oh, at that time, I I thought for um, for a long time to be a coach, to be a swimming coach. I wanted to be a swimming coach and coach an Olympic champion of swimming, someone who could swim and won and win a, a medal. And this is, I didn't want to be the champion. I didn't want to swim. I just wanted to coach that swimmer. And I think it has something to do with the fact that I like to teach. I really like to, to train someone and I wanted to be that trainer, <clears throat> that coach. That's wonderful. Uh, obviously, I'm sure you've seen um, many overlaps from that. Did you actually coach swimming? No, no, but uh, I, I, uh, I was swimming myself and, um, 
And uh, in the swimming pool in which I trained the uh, Olympic team of Brazilian Olympic team of swimming also trained the same swimming pool. And uh, when I finished my training, I would watch the coach of the Brazilian team coaching that swimmers. And I thought that was, that was brilliant. How can you make a champion? And uh, well, I thought that was unbelievable, very motivating to be a coach. And, uh, but at the last moment, I decided to be a dentist. That's true, just like that. Well, Mauricio, you have achieved so much in such a short time with such broad areas of expertise from your initial work with Jan Lindy on periodontal regeneration and forcations to socket management and implant therapy. What, what do you feel have been the key elements of this success for you? Well, I, I think it's an interesting mixture. Um, I think you mentioned Professor Lind and I, we are very, very good friends and just happened that we work very well together. And although we have completely different, we are not only physically completely different, but also in terms of personalities. And, uh, but we go well, very well. And I, I think I'm a, very lucky and fortunate to have young Linda as a mentor. It was, he was very tough, very tough. And uh, he's responsible for most of, of what I have achieved. Um, and on top of that, I, I, I always loved, and Yon also loves what he does. And we together, we, we, I don't know, I had the time of my life when I was in Sweden, it was so good, it was so nice and so interesting. And um, I don't know, I was at the right place at the right moment. And uh, so, well. With, with so many successes, we, we know we, there always are disappointments. Why don't, could you share with us what some of those highs and lows have been over the years? I, I hear you saying, oh. you know, you're working with Professor Linde, and um, and so share just share with us what you have been very big highs for you, and perhaps some of those lower areas in your career. Yeah, well, I can say that when I arrived in Sweden, coming from Brazil, and I have to tell you that Professor Linde didn't know me, and uh, and I was at the very beginning, I was not accepted accepted as a student in Gothenburg. And that's something that nobody knows until now. <laughs> I was not accepted. And, uh, uh, but then Jan said to me, uh, well, Mauricio, but you can come here and stay for three months, three months in Sweden, then you have to go away. So I was there and uh, uh, just happened that I always loved his knowledge. And I think, I think I have a good eye for histology. I can't explain that, but uh, I have a, 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 it's easy for me to see histology, to understand and to describe. And I was there on my way to leave Sweden because there was not to be accepted to be a PhD student. When suddenly in the microscope room, 
came Gene Ambuster, who just happened to be the, the president of Gore-Tex company, Jan Linde, and one of his PhD students, and uh, his name was Roberto Pontoriero. And the three of them, they, 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 they were talking about a, a box full of slides, histological slides. So the three of them were looking at microscope, this histological slides. And I looked at these guys, I was in the corner in this room and said, oh my God, those are my idols. This is young Lindy, Roberto Pontoriero, and Jenny Ambrose said that at the time I didn't know her, but I knew that she was something, some, somewhat important. So they were talking about the slides and they left the room. When they left the room, they also left the box of slides on which they were discussing. And they said, oh my God, I can't resist. I have to take a look on these histological slides. So I went to the microscope where they were. I took one uh, slide, I put in the microscope and I looked and I said, mm. and then I took another slide. And then suddenly I felt a hand on my shoulder, tapping on my shoulder. And I looked behind and that was Professor Linda. And you know, at that time, I was not very close to Professor Linde. It was Professor Linde. It was a big distance between Professor Linde and myself. And I was so scared when I, when I saw him and I said, wow, my God, what have I done? And he was, he was angry. He said, who gave you the permission to open this box and to examine these slides? I said, nobody, I'm sorry, I was just overexcited. <laughs> and I took these slides and said, and said, well, and by the way, what do you know about this? For instance, for, for example, tell me, what can you see in this slide? And I said, blah, 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 blah. And he took another one. And in this slide, what can you see? I said, blah, 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 blah. I said, hmm, okay. Now, I, in this box, there are 60 histological slides. I want you to describe every single slide and give me this description tomorrow morning. And I said, okay. And then I just did, I, I took a notebook and I wrote every single page of the notebook, a description of the, uh, the slide. From, it was 60 pages. And next morning, I went to Professor Linde's room. He was at that time the dean at the dental school. So I went to his room and I showed him the, the notebook and he opened the notebook and said, wow, don't you want to be a resident in, uh, in, in Peru to be a specialist? I said, I'm already a specialist in Peru. Okay, don't you want to have a master degree? I said, I already have a master's degree in Peru. So what do you want? I want a PhD. And, and he said, so you got it. You're gonna be my, uh, 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 my students. And from that moment, my life changed. And uh, so I think it was, I was prepared, of course, if I, if, I didn't, if I didn't know histology, if I didn't know, a patio, whatever. 
I would not uh, be able to enjoy the opportunity that suddenly showed up in front of my eyes. So it was a combination of a little bit of opportunity and uh, previous training. And by the way, by the way, now everybody wonders what the hell I saw in these slides. Well, that was my first paper in which I described uh, several details of uh, uh, periodontal regeneration following the use of membranes in frucation defects. And uh, it was very good because I have no idea what was looking at. I didn't know they were looking at frucation involvement. So I had a completely open eyes. I was not biased. I was completely open to anything I was, listening, I was uh, seeing in front of my eyes. So it was, it was very nice. So Maurizio, you traveled to Sweden and you were not even accepted into the program until this, that moment, is that correct? Yes, absolutely correct. That takes yeah. a lot of courage. And, and I just went to Sweden because I met a former classmate of Jan Linde. He was the professor in pedodontics. And I was, uh, well, I was a, a good student. And he said to me, Maurice, listen, when I was doing my PhD in Sweden in the 60s, I had a classmate. And I think he became a very famous periodontist. His name is John Lindy. Have you heard about him? I said, of course I have. <laughs> so uh, he contacted John, but John said, you, you do not accept just to spend three months. <laughs> wow, that's, that's an incredible story. And I, I think, you know, as you've moved on in your career, what, where have you, you've, you were full-time teaching and, and the director of the graduate program. Um, how do you spend your time now? What, how do you find that balance, especially today when many young graduates are searching for how to manage their busy schedules and they look at somebody like you that has accomplished so much and has, has stood on the shoulders of giants so you can see further. We know that that is important, but how do you do that? Tell us about your, your typical week and how you've managed to spend time with well, teaching and research and practice and family even. Well, I have to tell you that for many, many, many years, I, I worked a lot, including Sundays. And not only me, I think, uh, I think to achieve more, to go further, to go beyond, you have to do some sacrifices and it's up to you to decide if it's, uh, it's worth or not. So for many years I worked so hard in the sense that when I was a student, especially in Sweden and after that, every Sunday, every, every single Sunday from Sunday to Friday, six o'clock, I was in the dentist school. I was in the dentist school working a lot. It's not to say that uh, it was not fun. It was really fun because on Saturday, I, I could go out and relax, but I worked a lot. And now when I returned, as you said, it's not only uh, I had to work as, as a student, but because now I have responsibilities I have to teach, and I have, in my case, 
not only treated, but also see many patients. And then you just have to, to enjoy your time and uh, really make the best of it. But there is no easy path. I mean, it's not like you are relaxing every day. I mean, unfortunately, you really have to work very hard. I, I don't think it's fun to study. I mean, I said at the beginning of this interview that I love what I do, but it's not like uh, it's everyday fun. It, sometimes it hurts, sometimes you're tired, but you have to, to okay, you have to go on. And um, nowadays I have a good, uh, uh, a, a good group of people I have a, a lab, a research lab that with a lot of people who helps me, without them I would not be writing papers and seeing so many patients that would not be possible. But I, I'd like to say that was not like that. I didn't have assistance at the very beginning. It was very hard, hard for me. I remember in my first dog studies when I returned to Brazil, oh my God, I have to, Oh God, I have, I tell you, I did everything from the, from writing the protocols to, to clean the mouth of the dogs every day, every single day or every second day, doing everything possible. You can imagine to do histology, everything. It was just me, it was just one person doing everything. But it was worth, I, Tell you, it was worth. If I had to do it again, I would do it again. That, that's a good point, Maurizio. You say that you know you you didn't have help, but the truth is, none of us can achieve success without the help of others. And you've you've been so blessed to work with some incredible individuals, such as Professor Linde. Tell us a little bit about what that 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 means to you in terms of of having a mentor. And now being the mentor, how does that impact your, your decisions and what you've done in your life? No. Well, I think I had uh, a great mentor and it's, I feel like I have to be the best mentor possible so I can spread the opportunity I had. Um, that's what I think. I, sometimes, sometimes, honestly, I tell my students, listen, I am very sorry if I am not a better mentor, but I meant to be the best possible, honestly, because I was so lucky to have someone who mentored me so well. So I feel I have to do the same for the others. And, uh, and uh, I really do try to do my best as a mentor. So if one of my uh, students listen to this interview, they will know that I tried to do my best. So uh, I, I can spread all that I had. And I, I had a lot. I don't think I'm a good mentor as young was, I don't know, but I try to be the best possible because they deserve, they trusted on my work. I mean, 
I feel like uh, the naivete of my students, they trust me when I say yes or no, go right this way, right that way, they trust me. And I have to do the best now that uh, for them because, okay, they trust me and you are a student just once in your life. I hope they have done the right choice when they choose to be uh, my mentees, I hope. Really, I hope. Well, you have a good opportunity, and and you've you're still so young in your career. Um, but as you look back at in the you know last twenty years, perhaps, what do you see as the most important milestones? Now, what were I had done. You know, you know, uh, when you ask that, I have to tell you that uh, I have some uh, studies that. Uh, uh, became uh, really well cited. And I believe that really contributed significantly to the profession. That's, uh, uh, that's true. But you know what? What made it a difference were my, were my studies before the ones that became famous? Because these studies that became very, very famous, they are ultimately the result, the outcome of the knowledge that came before. And then, and every time somebody asked me, how come did you reach these conclusions? Did you, it came to your mind to write that particular paper? Now, well, the point is that it's because I did something before that ultimately led me to that way. And that was uh, what I believe my uh, most interesting papers. And that came from uh, the um, Fouquet's involvement. And when I wrote, I told you, when I start to work with Fouquet's involvement, I, I had a completely fresh eye. I was, I was looking at the problem in a, with no bias. Of course, I was a periodontist. Of course, I saw the problem. But uh, I was not examining histological sections in this way previously. So I had a completely unbiased, unbiased eye. And that led me to, to build several knowledge, several uh, uh, factors to understand, especially in terms of tissue regeneration. Uh, and then I tell you, in my opinion, one of my best papers is a paper in which I described, in which I described the cement information. And, and that was so very important to understand the details of cement information, to understand what was happening in the alveolar socket. And then if you take my papers and then you compare my papers on fruitcation with the papers uh, that I wrote many years later about the uh, uh, healing of uh, alveolar socket, you see all the, all the similarities. How come one knowledge brought me to understand what was happening in the alveolar socket? So I, I think uh, the beauty uh, is that you, you, you really, uh, step by step, you were growing in your expertise, step by step. And uh, you, you never know where you're going to, to, to arrive, where you're going to, to get. But definitely, 
I would advise everyone to take, um, don't forget what you learned before. Don't forget what you learned before because that we take you to uh, places that you can ever imagine. And you're still building on those, obviously. You still have a lot yeah. of work left to do. So that's so yeah, exciting. That is a paper. I have to tell you this, this is interesting. I wrote a paper and uh, I think is it's a built. If you like histology, if you like uh, uh, periodontal regeneration uh, in terms of histology, it's a beauty. And then I wrote that paper, and then the old lady told me, well, Maurice, do you know Huber Schroeder, who was a great histologist? Oh my God, he was unbelievable. And I said, of course I know, of course, who doesn't know Huber Schroeder? Yeah, okay. He wrote me a letter. He wrote my letter saying that the paper you wrote about uh, cement information is really very, very, very good. The way you built uh, the sequence of uh, um, uh, steps, etc., it's really nice. But Papaya said, no, oh, very, very, very good. I'm really proud because Hubert Schroeder was, in my opinion, in my opinion, the best histologist in the business. And then Yon said, now, so I don't want you to be very cocky with this knowledge. So forget about Hubbestrader. And remember that you have a lot to learn. And, uh, and that was something very interesting because Yon never gave me, never, never gave me this letter. I went to take this letter from Hubbestrader and put in a, in, a, in a painting, not put in a painting, to put in a frame and all, on a, on a wall, I mean, because I think Hubert Schroeder was the best. You know, said, no letter for you, continue to work. And, uh, but I like this, this, you know, this led me to many places, including most importantly, to write all these papers that became famous. And I hope to write more, let's see. I, I anticipate we'll see a lot more from you, Maurizio, I look forward to that. You know, as we start to wrap things up, is there any advice that you would give to the next generation regarding regeneration, especially as they're starting their careers and um, looking for different paths to go? What, what, what advice would you give them? Well, <laughs> I imagine that you were going to ask this question because I asked the same to Professor Linda when I did the interview. <laughs> so I think uh, if I take my, my own experience, I would say that uh, you have to be motivated, be motivated, do it because you like. I mean, I don't believe, uh, it's very difficult that you are, uh, your motivation is, okay, you're gonna write a paper uh, because I think it will be a big success. You, I think the right motivation is that I'm going to write this study because I really think it's interesting. Honestly, I think it's very, very interesting. It might not be fancy, but it's very interesting. It might not be a very fancy technique that demands a lot of skill or uh, using expensive things, 
with beautiful regenerations in pictures, but uh, you know, whatever I'm doing, I think it's interesting. It might be even a, a study on uh, some uh, uh, process of osteoblast formation or whatever, whatever. Be motivated because you think it's interesting. You believe in your ideas. And in our field of regeneration, there is so much to do, so much to do. There are so many open possibilities. We, so many open possibilities. We are far away to be satisfied with what we have in terms of uh, re bone regeneration or pedal regeneration. We are far away from that. So there is a lot of uh, reasons to be highly motivated. So mm, be always with that flame, always with that flame of motivation to go every day one step forward. Well, that's what I think. Well, that's what I would say. Wonderful advice. Now, before I let you go, are, is there anything that we would like to hear that's kind of behind the scenes that nobody else really knows about? Anything that you could share with us that might be kind of fun and interesting? About me? <laughs> about you, yes. Wow, let's see, let's see. I don't know, I don't know. This is tough. Because, um, well, I can tell you that uh, those who know me know that I like very much music, very much, very much. I even had, uh, I was part of a small band when I was in, um, when I was in Sweden. And, um, well, I don't think I'm a good musician. <laughs> but I just enjoyed <laughs> it looked fun to 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 play when I was in Sweden nevermore when I came back to Brazil there are too many musicians here to play <laughs> but in Sweden it was okay yeah, uh, Swedish musician <laughs> a Brazilian Swedish musician that's that's wonderful yeah. well on behalf of the Osteology Foundation and myself, I would like to express my extreme gratitude to our legend, Professor Maurizio Arujo, for spending this time with us and sharing his insight. And to all of you listening, stay well. Thank you, Pam. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure. <laughs>